This is Dave Plemons, and you're listening to The Horrible Movie Podcast. Welcome to Horrible Movie Podcast Country. Welcome to The Horrible Movie Podcast. My name is Jack. Thanks for tuning in this week. I have a very, and I mean very special, very special guest. Oh, thank you, Jack. That's so nice of you to say. Producer Phil, know your role here, sir. (laughs) You're here every week because you're paid an unbelievable amount of money. Your, Your contract negotiations were very painful, and you about made us go bankrupt, sir. So... You don't need to chime in and say things like that. How rude. <laughs> but our special guest is Dave Plemons. Hello, everybody. Um, Dave has been on this podcast before. You have done an unbelievable job to one of the classic horrible movies that gets a lot of flack, and it is called Waterworld. Waterworld. What was your motivation for the masterpiece that was that episode of our podcast called Waterworld? You know, when you first approached me about being a guest on the show, that was like one of the top of mind movies because, I mean, let's face it, the best horrible movies are those that are done by really great actors. Yes. And when they've just... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Psh, and hit the water on a yeah. jet ski. Yeah. Then you came to us. Smokers. You came. <laughs> you came to us with another, another beautiful gem of a movie, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah. You know what I'm, was on your mind? Well, I'm I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big uh, music fan, and that had a good soundtrack to a horrible movie. Yes. And so. Um, I don't know what made me think of that movie at yes. that particular time, but it somehow it was came to mind. Magic. And yeah, it was. <laughs> Phil, yeah. do you love the Wild Stallions? I do. Um, would everyone, would you guys like to do the Wild Stallions uh, uh, catchphrase? Just, just for old time's sake. Whenever you're ready. Because we are Wild Stallions! <laughs> Beautiful, majestic. <laughs> That's episode thirty-two. If you want to go back and find it, uh, great episodes, great audio. Brought to you by the Horrible Movie Podcast, folks. We're um, brought to you by the Revolver Podcast Network. We're also on iTunes. Go to iTunes uh, Podcast, Apple Podcast. They've changed their kind of their their wordage, and. Um, thehorrormoviepodcast.com uh, we're on some radio stations which is awesome it's a lot of fun um, so really though without further ado oh, also Twitter um, and also on the Facebook and coming soon to Angel Fire websites I'm just joking <laughs> um, okay. and MySpace don't and forget about the MySpace, MySpace. Uh, okay alright so Dave um, it is time for a special time on our podcast called Time I Throw Some Deets, the details from our movie. Um, 
Time for some deets. Alien Covenant. So, Ridley Scott, who is heralded, would you say, as one of the greatest directors of all time? Uh, I'd say greatest um, action directors, epic directors. Um, does not do cookie-cutter movies. No. Has has a has a style all his own. He's not known for romantic cop- comedies or romantic cop shows. <laughs> yes. Um Produced by Ridley Scott, Mark Huffin, um, Michael Schaefer, and a couple others. Screenplay by John Logan. Um, and um, story by Jack Paglin. Starring Michael Fassbender, Catherine Waterston, who overacts a lot. B- Billy Crudup, who... Billy Crash Craddock is in that movie? Billy Crudup is in it. And he is the most gullible person that's ever been fooled into anything. (laughs) Uh, Danny McBride. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Danny McBride in every role plays Danny McBride. And he's been on this podcast podcast before for um, Land of Lost. Land of Lost. But I'm telling you right now, Danny McBride in this movie, I thought he was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Do you know which one he was, Dave? Uh, a lot of hair. Lot, lot, he was uh, Tennessee. Yes, yes. I liked him. He did a good this. job. Yeah, he's good. It's a very different role for him because he's kind of the comedic talent. Um, but yeah, very serious role, but good job. Music by Jed Kurtzel. Uh, you, oh, you also got to see um, a Guy Ritchie in the beginning again as um, Waylon, the trillionaire that began the movie. The creator of David. Right. And essentially the cre- the creator of uh, Walter as well. Same same person. Mas- Michael Fassbender plays two roles. Wayland Corporation. Uh, David and um, Walter, both. Um, robots. Um, let's see. Release date, May 19th, 2017. Fresh. Fresh. Hot and fresh. That's in real time. Th- now time. If you're listening to this three years from now, then um, it's a Great movie. I'm sure by now they've come back around and said it's the best, uh, you know, piece of cinema cinematic beauty ever created. Budget ninety seven million dollars, and so far, a few weeks in, a week and a half in or so, um, box office one hundred and thirty three million. So not just killing it, not bad, making their money back, and uh, all in all, not too shabby. So Dave, there's a very great thing it's sometimes maligned um this this segment um there are people out there that would love who need people they'd love well they need people but they'd love to shut this segment down (laughs) they would love to they're trying every way they can to shut it down this is the rebelist rebellious rebellion you've ever dealt with in your life it's the 30 second synopsis it cannot be contained. It cannot be stopped. And it, it's going to uh, come and destroy you if you let it um, nest into your ear and then, um, you know, turn into a, uh, you know, some sort of alien con- uh, character. Are I you ready? I, I don't know. I don't know that I can do it, but I, I will try. Much. In, in 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 true HMP... Um, character i will make an attempt i'll make a stab at it <laughs> it's uh, tough i'm 
and and we'll get into why I wanted to choose this movie, but yeah. It's tough. Like the forehead on um one of the queen <laughs> alien things. Why do they punch everything with their head? It's hard. It's like a huge exoskeleton. Anyway. Are you ready? Do you want to see the clock? Sure. Some people don't like seeing the clock. I'm okay with seeing the clock. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. 30 second synopsis coming to your house. 30 seconds. I don't know why I made it up. I'm not sure what's happening. I'm not sure who I became there for a second. Ready? Yeah. And go. So apparently this is the prequel to Alien, supposedly, and the sequel to Prometheus. And so we left off with Prometheus. Uh, they were on the engineers. Uh, they were headed for the engineers planet. So now we're going to uh, go to that planet uh, and try to find out what happened. And then um, it all goes downhill from there because, in my opinion, uh, they really took the, um, the whole story in the wrong way. So that is my 30-second synopsis. <laughs> the wrong way, like they didn't go to Origin 6 like they want meant to or whatever it was. All right, pretty good. You well, kind of you kind of put a it bow. Was, on, it was you kind of got it halfway into the bag to give it away as a birthday present as a birthday present, and then you realized, oh, I got to hurry up and get this yep. thing in here, and then you kind of shove <laughs> the rest of the way. It's all good. We we all knew you gave a you know gave us a cat for Christmas. It was scratching <laughs> around in there. And we're good. Um, <laughs> but this movie has this weird thing. That the story, I, I, and we'll get more into it, but the, 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 it's almost like they had to get us, they had to get some, fr- no pun intended, or I guess pun intended, some fresh meat for these aliens. <laughs> How can we deliver up this piping hot, fresh, you know? Well, you know, if you, if people. you ask, if you ask me, a Prometheus made was not a Prometheus kept. That was too inside. You're welcome. What now? You lost me. <laughs> you lost me. Instead of promises made and promises oh, kept, it was oh, it was a Prometheus oh. made and not a oh. Prometheus kept. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay, I think right. it alienated a lot of people. Oh my gosh, Dave. Um, I think that, and before we get into this, I will say this: I expected and wanted to see. More of the engineer people, the original creator people. You and about five billion other people that wanted to see what this movie was I, going to bring. I, I don't know why they didn't. I, I don't know why they didn't make it just more about some of those things. I'm not well, understanding it. Can I just give you from from a okay? And I was talking. I actually went to see this movie with producer Phil. Um, producer Phil has, I'm sure lots of other, he's actually spent the last couple of weeks really digging into the alien, um, the whole alien canon and, and, and what's going on in mythos. Yes. yes. Good word. Mythos. Thank you. Um, the fresh maker. Mythos. The fresh maker. <laughs> if we just had mythos and diet Coke, I mean, you know, we could totally, what could we do? I could so, do a YouTube right. video that won't get blocked. <laughs> so anyway, okay. I was, uh, admittedly. I've been a big, big fan of of the first two movies in the franchise, Alien and Aliens. Not so much a fan of Alien 3 and not so much a fan of Alien Resurrection. Um, Because I, like a lot of people, really liked 
the simplicity of the story to begin with. I mean, you're in space. There's a distress call. There's a nefarious purpose behind the corporation that's sending you to this planet to retrieve samples of this alien that eventually be used as a biochemical weapon yes. by the corporation. Yes. Whatever. Okay, we all get that part of it. And then when they go off on tangents, there's always a danger when a, when a movie franchise tries to get a little bit too creative. So, yeah, and, and so I've been a big, huge fan. I In, in all actuality, Aliens... Finish that thought. Yes. When we come back. Absolutely. So Aliens was actually my favorite and remains my favorite probably my favorite movie of all time and i'm, I'm just gonna say that i'm just gonna say that 19- so your expectation for a movie like this then is was incredible sky high yes and and as much as mine would be for a new version of the movie sky high <laughs> right Sorry, so not really yes yes um Hannah baker I mean, every, you know, people been read, people been reading about and, and talking about and blogging about what was going to happen with this franchise for the last few years when Ridley Scott was talking about, you know, coming back to doing this. And, and there's been talk about a, a, a movie beyond Aliens. And now there's, they're retracting that and saying it's, that's not actually going to happen. Yeah. And now we're hearing um, that there's going to be perhaps another prequel to Alien after Alien Covenant, who knows? So anyway, so my my take on Aliens was it was the greatest mix of horror and sci-fi, cinematography, storyline, action, characters, acting that I've ever encountered. And I'm just going to say that I, you know, everybody's got their favorite movie. Aliens yeah, is yeah. mine. That's cool. So. With that said, then when when you start to delve into the actual plot right. of this, and when you're watching it in the theater in real time, you're like, please do something different than what you're doing right now. Oh, very disappointing, I'm sure. Well, yeah, and, and you know, how much we talk about the plot during this segment, I, I'm not sure exactly what you, what you wanted me to, to reveal here at this point, but... You know, most people that are interested in the movie will have already seen it by now, probably. Yeah. Um, the development, or, or this will avert them from sure. from doing <laughs> the, what they're going to do. The, the, the sorry, twentieth century Fox. Um, the the so the development of what happens with the origins, the engineers, um, the pilot, mm-hmm. all those things. You're you're kind of going into that movie expe- in Alien Covenant expecting there to be a development of the story of what was going on with the engineers and why were they wanting to perhaps go to earth and, you know, wipe us out or were they actually going to wipe us out? Were they actually trying to save us? What, what were, what were their motives right. and, 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 and plans versus going in a direction where it's all about the synthetic David yeah, and, and, and how that it, it kind of turned into this, weird ethereal you know almost metaphysical thing about you know humanity and what it means to be human and yeah. and, and what it means to be you know a creator and we just need listen we only need blade runner to do that for us we don't need <laughs> another movie franchise to do that you talked about david 
David, let's delve into this plot. Yes, plot Michael point Fassbender. number one. Plot point number one on five point plot. I have entitled "Welcome to Bad Luckville, USA." <laughs> now, Walter is the new synthetic in town. Yes, he looks like David. He functions like David. Sounds a little like David. But friends, well, he but he has a weird accent. But friends. This is not David. No. Walter is Data from Star Trek <laughs> Next Generation. And David is Lore from Star Trek Next Generation. David's or uh, Data's brother. No joke. It's the same thing. Interesting. It is what it is. Wow. And it, and so whenever I figured that out, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Ridley Scott watched. Some Star Trek Next Generation. And Rid- he just ripped Ridley off. Ridley and you Rodney. You're Ridley Scott. You don't have to do that. Make up something else. Wow. Have them, have them form together into a massive robot or something if you're going to do that. Unicron. Call it, call it Voltron. <laughs> Jeez, what was weird. Anyway, so Walter is piloting the ship. What's the name of the ship? Um, the it's Covenant. Called, it's called the, the Covenant. Covenant. <laughs> yeah, right. In 2104, he's piloting the ship Covenant. <laughs> Ten years after Makes Prometheus sense. left off. Ten years, which seems like a billion years because they've all forgot about Prometheus. Anyway. It was only so, 2012, man. Right, it's true. And so they they decided um, that Walter needs to be on the ship. They're all in cryogenic stasis. They're on their way to Orage, Orage, six, Orgai, Orgai, six. There are two thousand colonists and a bunch of human embryos on board, and that's all you need to have a party. (laughs) (laughs) And so they are flying, and it's great. They're all sleeping in and three thousand red solo cups and three thousand red solo cups, (laughs) and they are flying through space, frozen red solo cups, sleeping. Their dreams are, I'm sure, about. Electric sheep, and they are. Dry. That's another Blade Runner metaphor. Okay, so they're going I'm through. Sure where you were going with her? He opens up the uh, canopy thing that collects the solar rays, and um, apparently they didn't take it to Joanne's to have it seamed up before they took off on their flight because a solar burst uh, kind of messed them a up a little bit. Neutrino burst. Um, Which sounds like something that Purina makes. Or um, something from uh, Gusher's Candy, Neutrino Bursts. Or some new sweetener. Oh, Dentine, now with Neutrino. Neutrino Bursts. <laughs> with Senna Neutrinos. Um, so the colonists, some, col- some colonists are killed. They also, they uh, Walter wakes them up from... Um, stasis. Stasis. And... Tries to wake him up. The ship's captain, which they just call him Branson, uh, and he's Branson Good, except that they cannot get him out of the his stasis pod, and he just incinerates. Yep, it's, it's bad. rough. On fire. Oh, rough. So, um, the crew is woken up. Um, they're uh, they, they've got some major damage. Um, and Pretty then traumatic at this point. You meet some of the crew at this point. They're, you meet them under very tough circumstances. Orem is played by Billy Crudup, and his acting in this is very odd to me. It's very flat. They say he's a man of faith. They don't really talk about 
you know, whether he believes, you know, what he believes necessarily, but you're left to, you know, believe in some generic scenario. So they, um, because they don't flush his character out right. at all, other than make him the most gullible human later. They've in only the got two hours and three minutes. Is <laughs> true. Um, so they, um, they, you're woken up. Tennessee, we meet Tennessee. That's uh, uh, Danny McBride. He has, he has a wife named Maggie who's also on the ship. And then you also meet, um, there's a Ledward and Hallett who come in handy later uh, that need to be morphed into someone. And then, uh, is it Corrine or Karen, uh, who is uh, the lady who gets trapped in the uh, medical bay later? I can't remember. Oh. So that's really the only people you see immediately. What's interesting about this versus the other movies is these are all couples. Like, they, it's I mean it's it's a, a colony. It's a colony ship which they right. haven't done before. So, um, everyone is these are all Adam and any of couples to populate this new planet. Right. So, yeah. So they are um, along with their three thousand solo cups. Now, are right. there is there are there already other humans on Orijay or Origai four six? I don't think so because they talk about how it's. I didn't know if there was like a, a little away a scout a scouting mission that went first. Well, I, I think they've they've like checked the atmosphere and all that stuff, but I don't think there's any yeah, colonists the, there. The fact that Catherine Catherine Watterson keeps talking about a cabin that she's going to build and stuff like that, I it, I got the impression that they were the first ones to populate. Okay, so they're going to have yeah. to populate it. Um, they um had they they had this uh, distress stuff. Uh, Tennessee goes out and does a spacewalk along with one of the other characters, and he has to fix the uh, the fabric the, the fabric of can the fabric of our lives yeah. the cotton uh, blend <laughs> canopy, and as he's coming back in, he obviously has an FM radio or Sirius XM or something in his helmet, uh, or AM maybe AM or UHF in his helmet, and it pops up this signal. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a signal. He they decipher it later. He realizes it's uh, take uh, country roads take me home. Yeah, by John Denver. <laughs> yeah, now Re- repeated. Yeah, over so, and over. So let's let's think about it this way, guys. You're part of this colony mission to go to or or J or J six. That's all you're supposed to go to. It's some company has backed this mission, right? Lots of money. Um, the captain passed away. And you got a new captain. And at that point, if you were in charge, wouldn't you say, look, the only thing we're going to do is we're going to go where we're supposed to go. It's going to take us seven years or whatever it's going to take us. Mission number one is mission number and one. yeah, we don't want to get back into those pods. But even at seven years, let's just stay awake. If we don't get into the pods, I'll just be seven years older when I get there. Send a probe. Don't, right? This is a big ship. Don't they have a probe? Where are the probes? Right. Where are right. the probes? But no. Nay, I say. The new captain, feeling froggy, doesn't want to put anyone back into their uh, stasis, which I understand that. Who wants to do that? Who wants to ever be in a stasis pod? And I know. what if the planet is a better suited planet for colonization? But we don't know that. We and don't know that. we've only surveilled the... Uh, <laughs> we've, only, we've only had surveillance on the uh, Origi, Origi 6... And instead, though, based on one blip, a literal blip. When they also scan the planet and they figure out that it's habitable and all that. Agreed. But again, we've been paid to do this. Let's just focus (laughs) on this. 
And they're like, well, if nothing else, we'll just fly out there for a week or seven weeks or whatever it is or four weeks. And then still get back on mission. Still get back on our mission. Worst decision ever. Apparently so. Foreshadow, folks. Sorry, but worst decision (laughs) ever. Um, So they um, start flying and they they, um, get to the planet. They send out an away team. Uh, Ledward and Hallett go out on this away team, and they are the first two infected by this airborne thing almost. Right. They step on these little... Steps on this little egg um, thing. Another one just blows into his ear, and then the other guy eats some wheat. I think he may have gotten infected when he ate that wheat, too. Is it organic material? So I'm wondering if those things just didn't cling to that. So then he was like double infected. Just saying. They begin to show signs very quickly. There's no life on this planet. They land. There's not any organic life that's an that's a animal of any kind. That's obvious. Even birds, right? right? <laughs> There's no animals. Lots of vegetation, though. There's no anything. Not even birds. <laughs> okay. Didn't say mammals. They could have said mammals. Anyway, so they, begin, they become infected. They become beasts, if you will. Which the way they become that these are the neomorphs is what they're calling them. It's like a a totally different kind of beast than the xenomorphs. But the neomorphs don't burst out of your chest; they burst out of your back. It's so disgusting to watch that. Like like how their like spinal column yeah. kind of basically. Oh, it's rough. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Oh, by the way, uh, definitely not a. Uh, Necessarily a kid-friendly movie. No, it's right. pretty so, graphic. So if you're if you're thinking about yeah. taking your child to see this, maybe maybe not. Yeah, maybe it's don't. Really do on the R for R a reason. for real. Um, so they um, had to deal with this. They're infected. They get back on the ship. There's some maybe some blood involved infecting. I I assumed infecting more people really, and then the little creatures start attacking them. Luckily, Maggie, who's Tennessee's wife. Uh, tries to shoot one of the creatures, but it hits a uh, gas tank or some sort of tank and just blows the whole ship up. Yeah, killing the shuttle, killing three that's, people that's for sure. The cl- the and then one of the other guys is transforming outside. They end up, he ends up dying, and they try to kill the thing that got him. So now they got to figure out where they're going to go, what they're going to do, until yes. they can actually get back to the other <laughs> ship later. Um, plot point number two, I said, and I called it. These things grow very quickly. <laughs> hey, there's no messing around. Nope. The old Aliens movie was grow, you're hanging around, right? You're plastered up against the wall. There's some level of incubation period to this, right? This is just like, here they come. What do you think about that? You know, to me, that really didn't bother me. Because I didn't know where they were going with the story at that point. Yes, you know it, it. It didn't didn't really register on my meter of concerns, as you will, in the in the plot line. Um. You know they've only got so much time to get things going, depending on what you want to do with the with the movie and the screenplay. You've got to you got to you got to move it along if you if you're going to develop if you're going to spend an hour and 45 minutes of two hours and three minutes on David and what he's up to. Um, note the angst in my voice. Then Bad. yeah, you got to get moving. So they, um, they get to the, they're down there. They're having to try to fight off a few of these little beasts. 
And then all of a sudden, a um, guy in a serape comes out, <laughs> fires a uh, flare in the air, and they, they, the little monsters scatter. And there he's like, come with me if you want to live. And then he, he literally <laughs> says, come with me. And they follow him blindly, because that's what we always do when it's David. And we find out later, it is David. It is David. He was the lone survivor. Dr. Elizabeth Shaw and him arrived on the planet. They crash. Did he say they crash landed? Yeah, that's what he said. Yep. And so then um, there it is. Of course, we find out later what happens. Yes. To uh, Shaw. And uh, he, Actually. Said, he said the ship, um, uh, he tells the uh, tells them that, uh, that Shaw and him arrived on the planet. And then their engineer ship accidentally released a black liquid, uh, like a weapon, that killed all the native population, which they are all, all the creator people, the engineer people, are all kind of laid out there like stone, like uh, petrified almost. Yeah. Plot point number three, um, never trust an android. If if we have not learned this time after time, folks, we're never going to learn this. Yeah. In the Matrix, we can't trust the robots. But you can, but you can trust Bishop. Remember Bishop from from Aliens? Oh, the updated version. He was, He's like, yeah, the, he was the he was the one who saved the day. Yeah, but that, by then they had completely. Well, even Walter, Walter was trustworthy. He just looks too much like they so, got to oh, stop making him look like David. Well, well, well that, <laughs> that that's that's the thing is they updated him, and we could never hurt a human being. So so they go to. Um, they go to uh, David's little underground lair that's in the old ship, and um, they're hanging out there. They're trusting David. He's talking to him about how he wants to, I don't know, find a way off or whatever the planet. Uh, there's a neomorph that survived uh, the earlier attack. Um, it infiltrates the little city thing there. It the Rose, Rosenthal is the character. It uh, kills her in a really really graphic manner. Um, she kind of wandered off. David um, w- walks up upon this, sees this, try- and communicates with the neo creature. Yeah. yeah, and it's trusting. It's like, and then he describes it like he's blowing in the nostrils of a horse, which is crazy. <laughs> well, that was such a creepy scene. Like just it is getting a so huge, close. Like, creepy yeah. scene. Um, and then um, Orem, the captain. Man of faith, if you will, yeah. um, comes upon this and can't believe what he's seeing. I can't. Oh, what's yeah. happening? And then he's so like, he shoots the. And then he shoots it. And yeah. then David's like, "Oh, how dare you shoot my friend?" Well, yeah, David flips out at that moment, which yeah. is so weird for his character because he's so even keel. He's so like Mister Cool all the time, and to see Fastbender like turn on this like freaky face, yes, like yeah. that—that was the one point in the in the movie where I was just like, "Oh it, no, yeah, yeah, like, it's, it's on." Well. It was so obviously he, the most yeah. uh, apparently this this uh, this whatever you called it, um, you know, was, yeah, was the was the highest level that he had attained in his uh, manipulation of all the uh, the alien DNA and it, it was the highest evolved form of what he had accomplished so far he with, talks with, he yeah. talks Orem into uh, following him David does into this little area come take a look at this thing and it's an <laughs> obvious pod for a face hugger it jumps on the doctor's face yep. and uh, then it morphs and uh, it's uh it tends to uh, kill him. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this. So next up, plot point number four. David versus Walter. Lore versus Data. 
And I'm sorry, folks, but if you've ever watched Star Trek Next Generation, you know that Lore and Data have this same... Like, it's all this is. David has his neomorph little alien things he's created. Lore befriends the Borg and helps them to become more than that. Wow. Now, the only difference is Walter never succumbs to any of David's kind of trying to talk him maybe maybe into joining up with him because he's not he's more dedicated to humans. Um lore uh, data is always trying to become more human. Right. On Star Trek. It's like the Pin- Pinocchio syndrome. Yeah, he wants to become a real boy. Right. And so in doing so lore has emotions data does not he it's a that's a commodity that he can buy into. Again, Ridley Scott, not sure why. I mean, maybe he's just never. I could see Ridley Scott literally being like, you know, I've never seen Star Trek. I don't even know what that is. I, I've never really paid any attention to it. <laughs> and, and seriously, not having any clue what who Data or Lore is, but that's he basically took an episode of Star Trek Next Generation. I can't remember the name of it. And someone could tweet in or whatever and tell me, but it's um, it's got lore in it and it's got data and it's the same scenario. It's weird. Anyway, so at this point, Orm, they're all looking for uh, Orm, the Anne Ro- Rosenthal. Um, Walter starts to confront and talk to David. Uh, David, we, we find out now because like an evil villain that he is, he tells his grand plan. He showed up on the planet. He unleashed. He unleashed this uh, thing, toxin, toxin thing. Um, it black ki- stuff. It killed the engineers. He believes he thinks that humans are a dying species. That's why they have to travel in space to find a new home because they've destroyed their old home. He does not think they they need to be allowed to. They're colonize. not worthy. They're not worthy to colonize the galaxy. Walter again is uh, subservient to humans, and. Um, they disagree. They fight, 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 fight. But David wins, disables him, stabs him in the neck with this uh, uh, spy with a uh, a nail, right? Yeah. In the neck, he thinks that'll disable him because that's his his version of him. That's how he's disabled. Didn't really work out. No. Anyway, he pretty much laughed it off. He did. He got back up later. Um, he captures Daniels and. Uh, Tells Daniels that uh, he also, you know, he murdered Shaw, Doctor Shaw, which is crazy because Shaw, you know, saved him. Like it's no, kind of weird because at this point for David, it's all about power. It's all about yeah. being the creator. Well, and finding more organisms to toy the uh, toy to around host with. To, his, yeah, yeah, his his aliens. Weird. Yeah, yeah. it's his uh, Mingala. Yeah, and so then he. Um, he used uh, Shaw to do the experiments on. Um, Walter gets back up, though, after being disabled. And um, Daniels kind of gets out of there. Uh, the Lope character is attacked by a face hugger. We find out later, too, that this thing attacked him. It shot some of the acid at his face, burned his face. But he, uh, we find out that in the fracas, uh, David basically help kind of implant a uh, uh, one of the alien creatures in him helps him get oh, back right. on they, they, there's a whole scene where um, the 
what's it called? The uh, lander thing that's got the big crane thing on it. That's what they use to fly into the atmosphere. Tennessee comes down, saves the day, flies around. They have a, one of the, uh, basically, the xenomorph things has fully grown now. And it's attacking them. And uh, anyway, they get back on. Walter comes back out. You think, there's a whole scene where it's, was it Walter that survived? Or was it David? I didn't mention this. Walter saved the humans earlier, saved Daniels earlier, by punching a... Uh, alien right in the face but in doing so melted his hand with the acid from their uh their faces right so, so he lost his left hand wasn't it yes at the wrist yes and then but so walter later on apparently won the fight with david because he's got no left hand or so we thought yeah exactly but we're not sure but walter helps them all loses one person in the process but in order loses one person in order to gain a ship full of people. But that's the turn, and uh, they they save the day. They get back up to the covenant. Plot point number five, with with about ten exclamation points, is David. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Daniel. It's David. Sad. Anyway, they get back on the covenant. They head back down the road. They all get back in their uh, stasis pods. Uh, and Walter puts uh, Daniels under, and as she, but then she realizes it's actually David. She starts to talk about the log cabin that she's going to build. Walter, will you help me build my log cabin? And David has this look on his face, like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. And then she knows. She realizes she it's not Daniel. They were people all the time. Soylent Green is actually made of people. The end. <laughs> it was us the whole time, you apes. <laughs> Wrong movie. Data lore. Interestingly enough, Phil and I saw <coughs> uh, at at the theater. We saw a, uh, a, a the the trailer, the preview for the new Planet of the Apes movie. Mm. It looked pretty good. Yeah. It looked good. It yeah. looked good. It looked really good. It may not be horrible. I I like those movies. So, um, okay, so that was it. Uh, Dave, let's do this. Let's. Um, let us talk about some goods and bads in this movie. What are some goods? Okay, I, I disagree with you about some of the acting. I actually was pretty impressed. Billy Crudup's acting, has, yeah. he's really the only one for me. Maybe the Daniels girl. Yeah, I thought I thought by and large, everybody did a pretty a pretty realistic job of 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 interpreting the screenplay mm-hmm. into a believable a believable. Um, uh, film. I, I really did. I, I thought Fassbender did a good job. Back, yes, bouncing back and forth between characters. I mean, I I think I think all in all, the acting was really done pretty pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I even liked Catherine Watterson. It, uh, if you've seen Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, she was the lead in that movie. Oh, okay. Um, I I think she's actually kind of kind of a, on the rise. Like she's sure. She was, I thought she did a good job. And. I will say from a technical standpoint, um, set work, oh yeah, production, special effects. Um, I think that they that, that Ridley et al. really did a pretty a pretty good job mm-hmm. of adapting a prequel to Alien slash 
sequel to Prometheus. I think they did a pretty good job from a technical standpoint of doing what they what he set out to do. My problem is what he set out to do. Yeah, and he could have set up so much more. Uh, the goods for me, I, visually, I thought it was pretty awesome. I, yeah. I really, I mean, yeah. I thought the visual of it looked like, oh, they're in space, and then yeah. so it's they did awesome a pretty good ship. job of that. The aliens. Oh, we didn't talk about this earlier. The bad, one of my bads. I'm going to tell you the bad. Um, whenever he produced that uh, little baby out of the, uh, did that come out of the captain out of Orem? The one he's like talking to, and he puts it. And David puts his hands up in the air, and then the little baby alien puts his hands up, and then it opens his mouth. Looks like it's smiling. You know, what it was I'm like about? it was like a worshipful, "You're my creator" thing. But it cracked me up because it was like, "How are ya?" That's what I wanted it to <laughs> jump up and say, <laughs> "Yeehaw! Yay!" I gotta find a picture of this to show you guys. Um, what about some bads? Tell me about some bads, Dave. Um. Really, the only thing that the only thing that really bothered me a lot was um, number one. I think one of the one of the things about this this movie and this franchise that I don't like is really too much uh, dark sequence, mm-hmm. too too much dark environment. You know, not enough light, not enough um, where it's always just really. You know, it's in a cave-like, you know, environment with that ship. Yeah, it was um, watery, at, dripping at, everywhere. At, yeah, at night, you know, a lot. Um, I, I don't like the constant, you know, rainy, kind of stormy darkness all the time. Um, I don't like the way that it's somewhat predictable when it comes to the um, the synthetics and yeah. what they're going to do next or what they're going how they're going to react to certain situations i think uh, there may not be enough uh, unpredict you know uh, lack of predictability when it comes to what those characters are going to do um i don't know if that's just me or, or and i don't like again uh, the way that the direction was taken with uh, not developing the origin part you know with the with the uh engineers and the pilot and and all that part of the canon of the movies um yeah i felt like um i just don't understand why i don't know it kind of plotted around at times it was kind of a uh just wasn't i don't know visually like i said it looked good um i think they could have pepped up the story a little bit surprised me there wasn't more of the creator people on there. Couldn't you have tied at least one or two of them in there? I, w- I was surprised that there was very little answers for any of the questions that were raised by Prometheus. He killed I, every one of them on the planet. Yeah. I mean, I th- in that one moment, I thought, they were all hanging around. I was thinking the same thing. At one, point, at one point in the movie, I thought maybe about midway through the film, I thought that, that maybe one of the, it would be revealed that one of the um, engineers survived that attack and then would teach us more about their backstory and why did they want to kill us in the first place. That is the whole reason that Dr. Shaw wanted to go to the, the engineer planet that they end up on 
and none of those questions were answered. Or what uh, if from the what if film, so. what if one of the engineers realized, hey, we need to help the humans yeah. stop this I mean, anything. Yeah. this guy. Yeah, stop this stop this David character. Yeah, I, my fear is that those questions will never be answered by the by the series. Like the questions that they brought up with the first film with with Prometheus, um, will will never be answered. So that would suck. Okay, uh, let's rate this movie, Dave, on a scales of one being bad and five being abysmally horrible. You know, it pains me to do like this. Like acid from an alien. Yeah, it, 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 Spit into your eyeball. It, it really, it hurts. It hurts to do this. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to give it a three. Ooh. Okay, so this really hurt your feelings, didn't it? It did. It did. It really hurt your feelings, didn't it? I'm giving it a two. It wasn't unwatchable for me. Right. Uh, it wasn't that good. Um, but um, I, I, I just feel like they didn't do much with this movie. It didn't go anywhere. Right? Well, it, it made me want to just say, and I, and I told producer Phil this, it made me want to say, you know what? I'm sticking with the first two movies, first two original movies, and I'm good. But what do you I'm think? Ju- I'm just good. I I enjoyed. And I um, hate to say that. I enjoyed Prometheus, but because of the creator people, I want. I always want to find out more of that initial. What one thing? Now I'm sure that they're talking about. Are, are they basically giving giving credit for seeding the earth and creating humans guess, at some level? Yeah. Is, that, is that their thought? There's a lot of spiritual. I'm not a huge fan debate of debate about whether this is the story. Like we were talking before the show uh, about. Um, there's a there's a video on YouTube where you can watch. Is this the story of Genesis? Right, and, and I'm Re, not a huge redone, fan of that stuff. Yeah, but it's a movie, and I can suspend it's kind of conspiracy suspend my disbelief stuff. for you know for a movie. But on this movie, it just just fell really flat. My, my highlight for me was Danny McBride. I, I like Danny McBride. I'm always surprised by him because he does some things that you go, he can. He's really funny. Like when you're when you mm-hmm. let Danny McBride be really funny, and I'm not talking. I'm talking like how he is in Hot Rod. Not as much how he is in Land of the Lost, even though there's a very similar, it's a similar character. But, and I watched a little bit of Eastbound and Down. It's, it's again, don't, don't let your kids watch that. But uh, anyway, okay. Um, so I would even say this. I would, I would watch Alien. I would watch Aliens. I would even watch Prometheus. And I would watch Alien versus Predator. And I'm totally satisfied with if there was nothing else of this franchise at this point in my library, over, I would be okay. I really, really? would. Well, then I'm not going to let you. And watch. Ridley Scott, what you said at the beginning, yeah. Ridley Scott, ka-ching, ka-ching, good for yeah, you. Yeah, I know. They they do that now. So, uh, real yeah. quick, what they should have you... let Cameron do it. That's true. Or Kirk Cameron do it. Okay, so <laughs> what would you? What have you been into lately, Dave? What has Dave been into lately? Working a lot. Been working a lot. Working for the yep. man. The supermarket. Yep. Um. Yeah. Sixteen tons. What do you get? <laughs> you know, another day. I, I will. Uh, I will throw this out. You just reminded me, of course, a uh, um, different different artist, of course, but. Um, we went and got a. We went and got uh, for Mother's Day. Uh, Evan wanted to buy my wife a Johnny Cash CD, so got a little Johnny Cash cool action. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. And um, on his M, on he's 16 years old. On his MP3 player, we were we were taking a little road trip the other day, and what does he put on? <gasps> Folsom Prison the, Blues. The, this well, no, this kid is so unpredictable. He puts on Frank Sinatra. Wow. On his MP3 player, I like it. And then the next thing you hear is Marty Robbins. West uh, El Paso. Yeah, and then and then Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis. Uh, the guy has the most diverse. Awesome. If it's past 1990, he pretty much shuns it. Yeah. It's really interesting. Cool. I feel I feel like I've done okay as a father with that. <laughs> You've done okay. You that's know, good. Um, that, that, that's kind of that's been an interesting uh, part of my week to see my fun. son's musical taste. It's been good. Completely different than what yeah, I would expect. That and working. Yeah. Um. Let's see, Phil. Have you been in anything spectacular lately? Just. Beautifully spectacular. Any new comics you've been reading to tag in here? Um, yeah, I've been reading some new new stuff. Um, real, I had mentioned this a few episodes ago, but still reading a lot of Brian K. Vaughn. Um, his uh, Paper Girls series is really good. Um, I'm really into the X-Men stuff that they're doing right now. Um, it's just like the storylines are really good, and the Jean Grey and the Phoenix stuff that's going on right now is really, really good. Like they've they brought like a a younger version of herself back, you know, into the future from the past, and it's really, really cool what they're doing with that. And uh, Springfield native um, Colin Bunn is writing one of the X Men series. That's so, so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's awesome. And he's doing a, he's doing a great job. Well, Dave, thanks for coming on. It's been my pleasure. Um, you do a great job. Uh, I, I say it's been my pleasure. It's not that it's my pleasure to to kind of diss this this movie because I really really wanted it to be a great movie. I I think again from a technical standpoint and from a uh, acting standpoint, I think they did a pretty good job. I'm just really disappointed with the uh, uh, with the development of the mm-hmm. story and where they went with it. Okay, man. Well, thanks for coming on. You rock, Dave. Thanks, buddy. You too. The Horrible Movie Podcast is powered by RevolverPodcast.com and Orange Tie Web Design Marketing and Branding. The Horrible Movie Podcast can be heard on great stations like 105.5 KFGM in Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula, 88.1 KZGM, South Central Missouri's public radio station, and weekly contributions on KPOV 88.9 High Desert Community Radio. Listen to us on iTunes, thehorrormovepodcast.com, revolverpodcast.com, and anywhere podcasts are found. 